I'll start with another highlight. Michelle Obama. Okay. Okay. (laughs) A highlight. You're listening to the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. And welcome to the Snob OS Show, the show for Apple snobs, where we talk all things Apple and then some. Welcome back. Welcome back to episode 109. Uh, we want to thank, sorry if I'm thanking our snobbits to our, our patrons. Um, we just uh, finished up with the live pre-show. Um, so we want to welcome them as well as welcome uh, everyone else who's listening to the regular show. Um, we are, I don't think we have any new snobbists this week, but if you want to become a snobbist and get access to the pre-show taping, um, our um, live uh, show taping, as well as our community forum for $5 a month, you can become a patron as well well by going to patreon.com slash cast all right so with that being said let's go ahead and get into the show all right so we're gonna start off um i think we all are fully aware that a new administration has taken the reins of things um and bringing back some normalcy um, to our daily lives. And um, one of the first things that uh, President Biden did was on his first day, which was inauguration day, was he signed about 17 executive orders. And one of those executive orders um, are extremely uh, uh, welcomed by some of the leaders of some of the tech giants, um, specifically speaking of Apple, Um, and Google. Um, One of the executive orders related to immigration, um, basically reversing um, the decisions making by Trump um, that were, let's be honest, racially motivated and uh, racist. Um, And he went ahead and um, reversed those decisions by the previous administration. Um, And why I think this is a particular um, interest to... um, these tech CEOs outside of, you know, basic human decency of, you know, not, uh, you know, trying to keep, you know, people out of the country. Undesirable um, people. Undesirable that, people that out of the country. Trump particular, thinks. Right. Particular immigrants, not mm-hmm. all immigrants, mm-hmm. just certain typically black and brown immigrants out of the country, um, other than them not being racist and, and not wanting to live in a country that, does that has those type of restrictions. Um, one of the other key things that this um, executive order does is um, it returns the um, H-1B visa um, that can, um, that are allowed for, for immigrants to come to the country. And typically these are highly skilled, um, highly trained um, tech talent, STEM talent, um, coming from different countries. So this is very, you know, appeasing to to 
places like Apple and Google who rely on a lot of that talent, not just from the United States, but from all over the world. So, um, you know, granting the the work visas, the H-1B visas, um, and, and allowing those to be enacted again, reenacted and, and flowing um, again is definitely beneficial to, to these type of companies. So just wanted to start off um, with a little bit of positive news on, on that respect. Um, and it wasn't just, um, you know, Google and, and Apple, you know, some of the other tech companies, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, those folks were um, excited about the this executive order that rescinds those um, racist uh, initiatives as well. So Right, right. I mean, if we want to keep it 100, there are, right, there are some foreigners who get visas or work permits or whatever you want to call them. They come over to America and then they blend in and or disappear, don't renew their visas, don't go through the process. And all that to say they use that visa, that one free pass to get into America and really wouldn't plan on doing any work and somehow end up here illegally. But the that is a small majority or small minority rather. And if you're coming over here with a work visa or H-1B or whatever they call it from to work for Apple and or Google, I don't think you're trying to mess that up too much, no. you know. So, you know, it, while you mentioned, you know, it looks it looks good for Apple and Google to say, hey, we we want people to feel free to come over here. And if they're coming over here to work for us, it's good for the country because immigration, everybody loves where melting pot, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, it's a win win for them because, you know, they can hire more talent to come over here to do, you know, the work that they need to be done, you know. But at the same time, it's like this. Come on. It's it's like. You got to take the good with the bad. Yeah. Right. And this is bringing immigrants. And it's more good than bad. Right. Bringing immigrants immigrants over here to work for companies like Apple and Google will do far more good for these companies in a small, you know, uh, level, but for America as a whole, because, of course, we need more diversity. We need more inclusion. We need more equality. And what more what better way to do that than to have people working for these companies that reflect America as a whole? All right, let's slide on over to the next thing. Um, I think um, in our first episode back of 2021, um, I talked about, um, you know, the uh, uh, AR um, devices um, were probably, we were probably going to see that this year. Um, And it looks like that is closer to being true. Um, But what, the initial thought was was that uh, the AR, the Google Glass, um, was going to be more of an AR device. AR meaning augmented reality, meaning you overlay um, these types of, of I don't want to call them features, but you you overlay these different, um, uh, like if you're walking down the street and you know you can see, you know the directions, mm-hmm, you know, turn mm-hmm. left, turn right. It's overlaying the um, digital imprints into real life. Um, 
but it looks like the device that I thought we were getting is going to be geared more to virtual reality, mm-hmm. um, which is more of placing you in a, a virtual reality. Sims. Yeah, a virtual <laughs> think of Sims, putting you, the person, in an alternate reality rather than bringing, you know, an alternate reality to to you. Um, or or not necessarily virtual as in fake or as in generated, you know, I think a missed opportunity, especially in COVID now, is for oh, yeah, the NBA and the NFL and hockey and MLB to get users to use virtual reality to put them courtside by having them put on these glasses and have cameras set up now that you've got the space because there's no attendees there. You can put all these cameras up and then have people pay to be courtside. You put on their courtside seats. So you put on the glasses and through all these array of cameras, you get the impression or you get the experience of being courtside or Mm -hmm. 50 yard line or whatever you want to call it behind the Mm -hmm. bullpen, whatever, you know, use your favorite sports, you know, analogy to, you know, uh, reflect courtside seats in the NBA. Right. So it's a shame and I'll let you finish, but it's a shame that uh, we haven't utilized virtual reality for something like that because we love to be entertained. This seems like a perfect fit, but it seems like it's not as popular. Maybe Apple's going to change that now. So it's, yeah. So it's actually the opposite. So that's what it seems like this new headset that they're making is for specifically that, that virtual reality. So I think what, you were saying was a missed opportunity. I think this is the opportunity that we're getting and not necessarily the augment, the augmented, uh, the augmented reality that we saw the Google glass. Right. Yeah. With the Google glass. So it looks like it's going to be geared more towards the, the virtual. And like you said, um, if we can't get, you know, COVID under control here in the States, you know, which I don't know, I guess only time will tell depending on, um, what uh, the president and the the government can do now that we have you know some folks who are who believe that this is an actual thing and who are are ready, but it sounds like uh, side tangent that um, the the vaccination response plan that the current administration thought at least was skeletal now that they're in there there was no vaccination plan, so they're having to start from scratch. They thought they would at least be able to pick up you know, where they were and expand it and improve it. But it sounds like it's nothing there. So they have to kind of start from scratch based on the information that they have. So all that to say, we may be, you know, locked down um, longer than possible where this particular thing may come in handy. And even thinking beyond that, because there are still going to be some people who are like, yeah, nah, I don't want to be in those tight spaces with that many people anymore. And it gives people the option. So so it looks like this is what is is coming down the pipeline. One of the other, um, con- uh, you know, points of contention with this new device is that it's going to be very expensive, which isn't really surprising. Apple did just come out with almost six hundred dollar um, headphones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, I think currently, um, like Oculus and some of the other um, virtual reality um, units, goggles, devices, whatever you want to call them you know, start around 200, 300, and some, I think, go up to as high as 900. And um, apparently the Apple's headsets are going to be more expensive than that. 
So I'm thinking if they're saying more expensive, they may be around like probably somewhere around 1200 I would guess. Yeah, that puts me out of the, the running. Out of the running. <laughs> <laughs> Anything more than, you know, $600, again, you'd have to show all kinds of usages for it. Because even though I say, you know, NBA and sports, you know, opportunities is a missed opportunity. Even if they did have that right now to where, and they do on a smaller scale, but it's not fully fleshed out. It's not fully realized. But if it, if it were fully fleshed out and fully realized and, you know, for the cost of, you know, a set of Oculus Quest headphones, which are about $250 and, you know, courts, you know, NBA, I forget what NBA calls it, NBA courtside or whatever for a subscription of five to $10 a month, boom, your courtside, you know, um, then Apple coming in on top of that with $1,200, you know, uh, virtual reality headsets, I'd be like, hey, no, I'm, I'm a snob, but <laughs> not, <laughs> not, when, that much. not that much of a difference, right? You think of the mm-hmm. headphones I got now, I've got the AirPods Max and they are $550, but you know, the, the next neighbor to it is the Bose and the Sonys, which are about three, $400. That gap I can handle, but $250 up to 12, that's a big gap. So I'll, you yeah. know, I would, if, if this thing does become real, you know, uh, if I had a choice, which like I said, I don't have a pair of VR headsets right now because there are not a whole bunch of use cases for it right now. So mm-hmm. Apple would definitely, definitely have to stack the tables as far as all the different options to make it appeasing enough to spend you know upwards of a thousand dollars for vr headsets which right now there's just not enough use case to judge justify that price yeah hopefully that will change and we'll get some more opportunities to to use that and i think you know folks are are thinking about that now especially in the time that we're in and especially since we don't know how long we're going to be like this in this new reality so Mm-hmm. So it, it should be interesting to see how this plays out because, you know, you know, De- Apple is definitely in the lab. They their re- R&D department probably have been working on this for a while. Mm-hmm. And this was probably really the perfect moment for them. They probably wish they had were a little bit further ahead um, in their, you know, research and development phase of, of bringing this product to life. But here we are. And so we'll see. Um, it sounds like it. We could see it this year. So it will be interesting to see. It'll probably be a late year type of of release, you know, closer to Christmas, uh, Black Friday, holiday time, I'm guessing. All right. Um, We just celebrated um, Martin Luther King's birthday on this, well, on last Monday. Um, wait, no. I've yes. got my date. So just, it's this just, Monday. Just past Monday. This Monday, it seems like so much longer, but yeah, this um, past Monday, um, and Apple partnered with the King Center here in Atlanta um, to um, with their educational um, one of their educational initi- initiatives called Challenge for Change. This is the second installment of the initiative, and it's an educational series that um, urges. Um, people in the community to participate in uh, service uh, programs, particularly geared toward um, kids and and young people. 
Um, and Apple announced this through their um, through an um, education uh, live stream um, that, of course, as I mentioned, coincides with the celebration of the birth of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, and we all know the King Center is definitely a staple um, here in Atlanta, um, where people, you know, well before COVID, you know, visited quite frequently. And even, you know, we're even though we're in a pandemic, I think people still went down there. People went by his his childhood home um, and paid homage. But what this does is, um, along with um, Dr. King's youngest daughter, um, Bernice King, um, who, if I'm not mistaken, yep, is the CEO of the King Center that her her mother created once uh, Martin Luther King um, passed, um, they are working together to um, help teachers and educators in classrooms to to create additional conversations around what it means and how it's helpful for them to participate in different service programs, uh, volunteering in the community. So um, I just think it's it's really dope that this is the second installment of the initiative. And um, now Apple is going to provide, uh, you know, resources in addition to the resources that the King Center already offers to, um, to keep pushing, you know, this, um, this forward, because as we've seen um, with the insurrection, just what three, two Wednesdays ago um, happened in the Capitol. So I think it's, it, it's, and I think we talked last week about, you know, what Apple is doing with HBCU. So they are really taking their black square to heart and are actually putting, you know, some, some muscle behind the words. So, well, they're just removing, uh, removing excuses as to why, information like this is not in the hands of teachers and early educators by legitimizing it. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, you, you, us just saying, you know, uh, you got to learn about Martha King Jr. And, uh, MLK day, you know, it's just one thing to say that, you know, and then leave it to teachers, leave it to school administrators to figure out how to build education, build knowledge, build resources around that. Apple comes along. Accurate knowledge. Right, right. And then Apple comes along and says, hey, we're partnering with MLK Center, you know, kind of legitimizes the importance, right? So now with this education, with this resources, it makes it easier for schools. It makes it easier for educators and teachers to just say, hey, okay, let's go and see what Apple has to say. And then you go into Apple's to this, you know, this, um, this uh, uh, thing that they, yeah, that they put together. Click on the links and then boom, you can automatically get this information quicker than, you know, I hate to say it, but doing your own research. You know, as a teacher, you know, you would think that they would be a little bit more uh, upfront, forthcoming as far as educating their uh, kids. Because, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, even in our my kids schools right now, you know, um, there's really no education around Black History Month. There's really no education around. Martin MLK and, you know, all the important things, you know, as far as Juneteenth, all the way through. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so it's easier for us as parents to then try to supplement the lack mm-hmm. of information that they get in schools by being able to go to something as simple as this and, you know, get information, links to learning materials and have everything laid out. Right. Right. So I don't you know, it's not so hard to try to recreate or supplement that information when I can just say, hey, let's talk about this. Let's go to this link. Let's do this and that and the other. 
And, and let's be also, you know, honest about it. Um, it, this gives people, you know, like you said, excuses not to opt out because we know that there are people that are educating our kids who are leading our kids who don't necessarily believe in this. And they use this, oh, I don't know anything about it. I don't have the information, so I can't share it. It it says, well, we got guides and workbooks. Uh, mm-hmm. Here you go. I mean, it's right in front of your face. Right. And we can you can be certain that this is accurate information. Mm-hmm. That's the second key component of it, because as we've seen all this misinformation, uh, disinformation, um, you know, that we have going on in this country. There are so many historical facts about black people that I don't even know because we were never taught it. Right. And you don't even know where to go and look for it because who even knew it existed? Right. So, um, so yeah, so I think, you know, this is a great way to take some of the burden off already overburdened teachers to try and come up with a program that, you know, explains this information and, and puts it in the hands of these kids, um, they can, they already have a built-in resource that you know is going to be top-notch because it comes from Apple and it's in conjunction with the King Center, who is the the leader in, in knowledge as it comes to Dr. King and his nonviolent movement for social change. All right. Um, the last thing we have for the lowdown... Um, uh, is, um, iPhone rumors. So even though we just got the iPhone 12, uh, several months ago, um, there is the rumors about iPhone 13, or if it's even going to be called iPhone 13, I saw somewhere that, you know, they may skip the 13 for superstition and all that kind of crap. Um, but, um, the next generation of of iPhone, according to Cult of Mac, is that the notch at the top of the iPhone that has like your camera and your speaker is going to get smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the rumors that are that's said to be in the new iPhone, um, we'll call it 2021 um, device, um, as well as um, it's going to be apparently some upgrades to the front-facing camera um, and um, some changes to the um, sensor as well. Um, those are so far the two biggest things, I think, that have come out of the rumors for this next generation um, iPhone. Have you heard anything or any other rumors that you've seen? Um so the notch, I think, has been ongoing, you know, gripe for mm-hmm. many people. So Apple not necessarily getting rid of the uh, getting rid of the uh, notch, just making it slimmer or maybe a compromise for a lot of people who that's all they've been complaining about, which to me, I mean, I don't care. Right. But I guess, you know, Apple has to do something. So, you know, to differentiate from the iPhone 12 and the iPhone, whatever the next one is going to be named so i guess a smaller notch would be advantageous the sensor shift like you mentioned basically without breaking it down for layman's terms is you can either stabilize the actual camera inside or you can stabilize the lens so with um apple's attempt to stabilize the cameras gives better 
stabilization throughout because if you're stabilizing the actual thing that is recording that uh, in theory or in practice with DLSR cam DSLR cameras, which currently stabilize the cameras versus smartphones right now, stabilize the lenses, you know, Apple switching to a stabilizing of the camera should be better overall. Only other thing that I'd be interested to hear about to answer your question is, are they going to bring touch ID back? And if they do, how they're going to do it? Are they going to put it on the button like they do the current generation iPads to where you use your uh, finger and you rub it across the power button for touch ID? Mm -hmm. Or are they going to finally put it behind the glass on the hmm. screen like the current Samsung devices are doing? So it'd be interesting to see what they do with uh, touch ID, because as you can see, like I mentioned with the iPads, they've already kind of started to bring it back as I don't know if that's going to be their beta testers to see how people like touch ID uh, coming back. And if they bring it back, how will they implement it? Yep. Yep. So I guess the rumor mill is going to uh, keep churning along and um, I'm sure we'll get more rumors as it gets closer to release time. So I guess we'll just have to keep an eye on what's coming with iPhone whatever in 2021, <laughs> iPhone 13, even though I don't know what the big deal is about calling it 13. It's fine. I mean, it's fine. Um, <laughs> so that is it for the lowdown where we talk all things Apple. Now we're going to head on over to second string where we talk all other tech. Um, the first thing up, I thought this was very interesting when I I saw it. I was like, oh, I didn't even realize they had this during the Obama White House. But apparently inside of the HTML code on the White House website, they are trying to uh, solicit um, developers and coders to join the quote-unquote U.S. digital service, um, which is a technology unit within the White House. Um, so they are looking for, for people to, to come and work at the White House in the digital space by um, reaching out to them inside the HTML code on the website, um, generally um, to participate um, in this program. It's a one- to two-year um, commitment um, this was set up by President Barack Obama back in 2014 in hopes of getting tech-savvy um, professionals to come in to government service and work within the government um, ecosystem to help bring them up to the modern digital age. So there is a hidden message um, in the HTML code. I won't say it on here. We'll put the link in the show notes for those of you who may want to go and try and find it for yourself. Um, but yeah, I thought this was really cool. I, I had no idea that this was even a thing um, prior to, to seeing this. Well, and but they, since we know about it, they kind of ruined it, right? Yeah. <laughs> because if it's a secret code, well, it ain't secret no more, you know. <laughs> so now everybody and mama is going to go looking for it, which kind of defeats the whole purpose of an Easter egg, right? Mm -hmm. So hopefully... You know, they continue this by putting it in other places and, you know, mm -hmm. figuring out other ways to build in. Because, again, you know, uh, discovering the Matrix, you know, everybody couldn't do it. Right. Only certain people were able to. And then they got, you know, the blue pill, the red pill type thing. So, you know, not to <laughs> keep that in logic going. But 
you know, <laughs> discovering something, you know, and then you tell everybody kind of ruins it. So like mm-hmm. I said, hopefully they'll figure out more, you know, uh, cool ways to appeal to, you know, um, beef up technology as it relates to the this current administration. Uh, another thing I saw um, that, you know, Biden is using to differentiate itself from Trump's administration as it relates to, you know, this website or whitehouse.gov, uh, the White House contact page now asks people who write in the comments to select which pronouns they prefer. And the Biden team also left a secret message elsewhere on the White House website. So, you know, this, you know, uh, call to coders to, you know, uh, apply to be a part of the U.S. digital service and to, you know, uh, uh, give people agency as to how they want to be addressed, you know, is another way that they are going to completely turn this administration around from this previous administration. And the third thing is they brought back the Spanish version of oh, right. the um, Which is just White House website. Flat out Basically. disrespect, man. <laughs> racist. That's, that's right. I mean, how are you gonna be just so racist? Right. Boldly? That is they crazy. Were, yeah, they just took it down, but now it's back. So, um, so yeah, just I think it's a lot of time is going to be spent un- undoing, unracing. Right. <laughs> if that's the word. Um, what the previous administration did. I hope I have like a whole, you know, just section of people that's like, okay, we are going, we are the anti-racist team and we're just going to work on mm-hmm. making things not racist anymore. Right. But you guys stay over there and do the work of the country, even though this is the work of the country, but on policy, we have it on, on culture side over here. Right. So, so, yeah. But, you know, the thought of this secret message thing is pretty cool, even though we now all know about it and they wrote an article about it. So, <laughs> All right. Um, if you're not a member of our Patreon community, you missed out on our recap of some things. Um, and one of those things was as a part of the um, of the inauguration, um, Bernie Sanders uh, is a new meme now. Um, him sitting in his chair, arms and legs folded, completely <laughs> underdressed. He has on the basic blue mask mm-hmm. he has on mittens that apparently are from his state and the person who makes them um is from i think recycled wool it's like a, a social initiative i think and i think he bought them or someone gave them to him a couple years ago and the lady didn't even know and he just started wearing them and it was like oh wow mm-hmm. you know so so yeah so he's in his his vermont winter coat You know, he doesn't have on the fancy coat. You know, uh, he's just like, look, I'm here because I'm supposed to be because they're making me. So I'm just going to come. I'm going to sit here looking kind of curmudgeonly Mm -hmm. uh, at this inauguration. Pomp and circumstance. Boo. Who cares about that? I'm just here. And then I'm going to go to the mailbox uh, and get some lunch after I leave here. Um, But yeah, so it's becoming me. Um, People are putting this picture of him sitting at the inauguration in so many different circumstances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, Google uh, Street View, um, the app now allows you to place Bernie 
wherever you want to place it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people have, you know, Photoshop skills and, you know, they're moving, they're having to go and edit the photo, pull out the different pieces that they want. But um, one of the software engineers, um, uh, Nick Sawhenny, sorry, Nick, if I'm mispronouncing that, um, he create, created um, an app that lets you add um, Senator Bernie Sanders to any location in the street view. Right. So um, I just thought it was, you know, something light, something funny um, where you can go and, and prop up um, Bernie Sanders in an actual view of that's a real view. Right. Um, not necessarily. I think some people pat him um, as Bran uh, in Game of Thrones, right. you know, at the Game of Thrones and they were on the council, you know, uh, had him sitting there. He's been sitting on the uh, one of the, I think it's, is it the A train um, in in New York. Um, this guy has, he, they put him pretty much everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, they got Beyonce sitting on his lap from when she did the, the lap dance, I think at the BET awards one year. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so it's so many places that people have put him, but this, um, this individual Nick's app um, lets you do it a little bit easier and put it in real time views. Yep. Yep. They've got him anywhere in the world. It looks like it. Uh, it's called Bernie sits is the name of the website where you can go. I mean, there's more to it. We'll put the link in the show notes, but you know, I've seen some pictures where they got him in front of the, <laughs> they got him of course in front of the white house. They got him on vacation. I've seen some pictures where they've got in front him. Of Trump Tower. <laughs> right. They've got him at La Brea tar pits. You know, they got him at a, a, a castle, got him in front of farmer's market, you know, all these different places, just, you know, as far as pictures are concerned, like I said, not including all the places he's been placed prior to this app or these, you know, tools that can help you place him anywhere. You know, they've got him in all kinds of places in history. They got him sitting next to Martin Lawrence and Eddie Murphy in life, you know, towards <laughs> one of those credits and towards the end credits, you know, a couple of different places. So I'm pretty sure if you go, you know, put in, do a search on Bernie sits or whatever, you'll see all the memes anywhere. Yeah. 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 You'll find all the memes that have been currently, you know, previously created over the past couple of days, what past day, you know, cause day. It was just it yesterday. yesterday. Right. <laughs> of all the places Bernie has been. So that was good. Good fun. Yeah. It was a fun time. Now you can join in on the fun too. All right. Um, up next and last in second string for this week. Um, Trump. Uh, we know that he has been silenced on all of the social media girls and um, Facebook has a new oversight board um, that has been put in place um, after all of this melee kind of came to a head. Um, and now this oversight board will be the deciders of whether Donald Trump gets his Facebook and Instagram platforms back. Um, they are before they locked him out for 24 hours. Mm -hmm. um, and then they then extended that 24 hours to essentially indefinitely ban him. So the oversight board at um, Facebook will make the decision on whether they keep this access suspended or they give him control of his um online persona again yep so um i think it's kind of 
weird that Facebook says, yeah, you know, we thought it was the right thing at the time, but, you know, we shouldn't make this decision on our own. So we're going to uh, refer this case to our own oversight board. <laughs> it's like five member panel. Right. Uh, but it's Facebook's oversight board. So it's just like right. me saying, you know, you come into my house and say, I don't like what you did. Uh, I'm going to kick you out of my house. Uh, but I don't think I should have made that decision on my own. So let me refer you to me so <laughs> to decide whether or not I'm going to permanently ban you or not. I'm going to keep my decision. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we'll see what this oversight board, uh, what they come up with. And again, but it does kind of further the conversation of yes, companies are private, so they don't follow the same you know, Second Amendment, you know, laws, they don't, First Amendment, I'm sorry, um, they don't, they don't have to follow those same laws as far as because they're not a government entity. But at the same time, you know, this does set precedent on, you know, who, how, when, where does somebody get banned, you know, and can this bleed into other areas? You know, of course, this is almost a kind of hard to ignore when, you know, he, Trump incited a riot that took over the nation's capital for, if not an hour or so. That's and killed five people. Right. That's that's pretty big and pretty glaring and pretty hard to ignore and pretty hard and it, it will be pretty hard for this something to happen down the road and they say, well, you did this. Eh, this going to be different. Time will tell if somebody can top that. But I don't see a regular Joe Schmo getting kicked off of Facebook and saying, well, you or or trying to get back on whatever the case may be and try to use this, you know, Trump's, you know, a ban as a precedent or as a case as to why they should or shouldn't. Yeah, it's going to be tough, but we'll see because they have brought up the conversation of how much power does social media have? You know, we we know they have tons and tons and tons of influence, but how much power should they have? Right. So that's yeah. the question. Yeah, so this five-member uh, panel, they will assess will the content um, that he provided um, violated, um, you know, any of Facebook's rules and values. Um, and then this panel will present their findings to the oversight board. Um, Trump and or his uh, people will be able to submit a statement explaining why he thinks the ban should be overturned. The oversight board will also accept public comments on the case starting next week, which should be quite interesting. And then under the bylaws of the board, they have to rule on the case within 90 days and they have to, and they will publish the rulings um, with an explanation on the website. All right. So, and then after that, Facebook will have a week to act on the decisions of the the board in 30 days to issue a public response to any policy recommendations that the board makes. So it seems like they have a plan. We'll see how this plan works and what any type of um, overriding implications that it may have. So he will remain banned until after whatever this 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 discourse is with with this board right so. 
it should be interesting to see, you know, how it all rolls out. All right, that is it for second string. Let's head on over to For the Culture. Um, during the, the Snobbish show, we did a detailed talk in of our thoughts and ideas um, on the inauguration. So this week in For the Culture, I wanted to see what was your biggest highlight from the inauguration. Um, I, I shared it on Facebook. I thought the picture of uh, Obama greeting Kamala Harris and they're doing their, you know, little fist bump thing. Double fist bump? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. That was probably the highlight. Uh, and then, you know, all of the, um, the I think it was another uh, uh, image that I saw of, you know, uh, of course, uh <laughs> thought it was cool Bill Clinton coming in and giving everybody the dab. And I don't know if that was because of COVID and they could, he couldn't shake everybody's hand or that's just Bill Clinton being Bill Clinton. But I thought that was cool coming in, dabbing everybody. And um, there was another uh, image that I saw. Of course, the young lady who did the, po- the poem, I can't remember her name. You know, mm-hmm. uh, she has a, a book that flew off the shelves. So now she's making all this money with these books that she's written because of this one uh, momentous time, you know, right place, right time, you know, had the previous administration not done all it did, you know, um, even if she was asked to come speak at the uh, Biden's inauguration, having the past, you know, the, the, the insurgent and Trump and all that stuff, I don't think it would have meant as much, but the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, the insurgency did happen and, you know, her speech, um, I can't think of what is her name? Uh, Amanda Gorman. Amanda Gorman. My highlight. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So I stole yours. My bad. <laughs> no so, <problem. laughs> so, you know, I think that was, I, I, I think, you know, her being in the right place at the right time, not only was fitting for the inauguration, but that's pretty much going to set her up, you know, for the future. Because I, I, if I recall, I, I recall somebody mentioning that she was going to run for president, you know, and whenever she's eligible, you know, that's probably, you know, 20 years down the line. But the fact that, you know, she can actually have those aspirations and seeing Kamala Harris get elected as vice president, you know, after, you know, Obama being elected president, not very far off, especially with her clout that she's got now as a result of uh, doing this prophetic speech, you know, during this inauguration. So those are my highlights. Yeah. So, um, I'll start with another highlight, Michelle Obama. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) A highlight, um, Kamala swearing, um, being sworn in Mm -hmm. highlight, but the biggest highlight for me, um, was Amanda Gorman. Okay. Um, I was just so impressed with the way she commanded the stage. Mm -hmm. She's so young her words were so impactful um and um and when you were talking about running for president it was hillary clinton uh, who said when you won for president in 2036 okay i you know i i'm so excited for that you know she was like i'll be you know right here cheering you on uh supporting you so um and she was like okay and so um, I just thought that her her words were just, I mean, it was piercing um, mm-hmm. the way she commanded the stage. And um, I mentioned earlier, 
she was wearing a ring. She retweeted because Oprah said, you know, she was so proud of her and all that good stuff. Um, and, um, and then Amanda retweeted her and said, the ring that I was wearing was of a caged bird that was given to me by Oprah in honor of my Angelou, another, um, inaugural poet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just thought that was just, uh, you know, it, it, it just gave me goosebumps. The mm-hmm. whole, the whole speech gave me goosebumps. And the fact that she was saying, you know, paraphrase, of course, that a skinny black girl raised by a single mother can be, you know, who had dreams of becoming a president is now reciting a poem for one. Um, it's just, it was just, it was just, it was brilliant. And, uh, I, you know, reading, um, a little bit more, um, about her, she finished the, um, the, the poem that she reset, that she recited, actually on um, at the end of the insurrection that day mm-hmm. um, she was able to you know put the final notes on the poem that she was already working on for the inauguration and she has a new book that is um up for pre-order and i ordered three <laughs> <laughs> so i am and i think it, it doesn't ship until september um, so she's written other books before, right? Um, and I meant to go and see what some of the other ones are so I can, you know, get those, but I did pre-order three of those, um, three of those books because I just, you know, I, one, I wanted to support her because her words were that impactful, mm-hmm. um, especially a uh, black girl writing poetry, um, and her being so young and, you know, how they say, you know, gift books are flowers. Um, while they're alive. So, you know, I definitely wanted to, to support. And that was, you know, after, as soon as I saw someone post it, I was like, yep, let me go ahead and pick this up real quick, uh, right now, uh, so that, uh, I can, I can have them. And I got, um, one for me and then I got one for my two nieces. I may, I think, I think this is, I think the book may be geared towards, I don't know if it's geared towards little girls. It's just a little girl that's illustrated on the cover. So I may get one for, for my nephew as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I was one of those people that helped, you know, uh, sell that out. So yeah, she's definitely her 15 minutes of fame, uh, started yesterday. So like I said, she's got a lot of clout. She's got a lot of book sales pre-orders coming in. So hopefully she can Mm -hmm. successfully ride this wave as the kids say, you know, onto something even greater. So hats off yeah. to her for that. Yeah. And the fact that she, um, you know, she already had a book coming out with, uh, I think it's random house, mm-hmm. which is a pretty big, um, publisher, uh, mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that is, uh, you know, that's pretty big. She was, she was already, you know, on the ascent and I think just kind of tipped her over. And it looks like they're going to release a special version of the poem um, in in print as well. And I'll definitely buy some of those, too. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. So that's all I had um, in for the culture. Did you, did you have anything you wanted to cover? Nope. I think everybody's, right. yeah, everybody's attention was on the inauguration yesterday, so. Yep, and I don't have a hookup this week. Um, you know, go on Amazon and pre-order. There you go. There's your hookup. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is this 
that is it for this week. Um, definitely download, rate, and review us. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also um, hit us up on any of the social medias. We're at SnobbleWestCast everywhere. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also watch us on YouTube. We're at SnobbleWestCast. Definitely like our um, page and subscribe to our channel. You can also leave us any comments, thoughts, suggestions on either our website, snobwestcast.com, or an email at snobwestcast at gmail.com. Again, if you want to get some of the access to the um, exclusive content, including pre-show content, live show taping, and our community chat forum, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash snobwest for just five it's not with cast let me say it again the patreon website is patreon.com slash cast also if you just feel the overwhelming need to drop us a couple dollars you can definitely hit us up at paypal.me slash snobos and that is it for this week we'll see you guys next week bye peace